your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 606 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and that song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And what should we talk about today? Well, probably the fact that the Rangers are once again in do-or-die mode. They play the Carolina Hurricanes tonight in Game 7 on the road, going to a building in which the Carolina Hurricanes have not lost so far this postseason. That's been well documented. The Canes 7-0 and at home, 0-6 on the road. But as I talked about in yesterday's episode, these kinds of streaks aren't meant to last forever. Sooner or later, something's got to give. I think the Rangers are in a really good place going into this game. I think they... Find a way to get the job done tonight. Like I've been telling you guys, I I mean, maybe at this point, it's just kind of like trying to speak it into existence and maybe it's just, uh, you know, being superstitious. And, you know, I mentioned going into game six against Pittsburgh. I had a good feeling game seven against Pittsburgh, game six against the Canes. So yeah, I got a good feeling about this one too. I think the Rangers can find a way to get it done tonight. Certainly not going to be easy. Canes are a great team. And as we've discussed, they've been literally unbeatable at home so far in these playoffs. But I think the Rangers have a tremendous opportunity in front of them here. And, uh, you know, we're going to get into a lot of different things today. We're going to talk about the keys to the Rangers winning this game. I want to talk a little bit about just what a fun ride this has already been as a Ranger fan. You know, seeing them get this far, one of the last five teams standing in the NHL. And once again, one win away from hosting, hosting the Eastern Conference Final. Just absolutely wild stuff. But I want to uh, start today's episode by talking a little bit about the pressure that both teams are facing going into this. And I don't typically talk about this team is facing pressure. That team is facing pressure. This team has more pressure than that team. I really don't get into that because I think it's a little bit overdone when it comes to, you know, just sports talk in general. But it's really, really difficult to ignore when you look at this game here because it's a winner-take-all Game 7 matchup between two teams that took very, very different paths to get to this moment. You've got the Rangers, the complete underdog, upstart team, the team that nobody thought would be here, the team that's probably at least two years ahead of schedule, you know, being in the second round of the playoffs and taking a bona fide Stanley Cup contender to the seventh game. So I think if you're the Rangers, there's not really a ton of pressure on you. I mean, it's a relative thing. And this is another reason why I don't talk about it that much, because there's a million different ways you can look at this. But if you're the Rangers, again, everything I just said, there's not really a ton of pressure on this team. They've already made it farther than everybody thought that they would. I do laugh at times, though. You know, you look at the the last series against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and there will be a situation where, like, the Penguins go up three games to one, as they did, and everybody will talk about how, like, oh, well, all the pressure's on the Penguins now. And I get where that comes from because, obviously, they're up three games to one, and, okay, well, you better win this series. You've got a three-to-one series lead. You've got three chances to get the job done and eliminate this team. So I get the idea that the pressure's on the Penguins, but let's be honest here. You're down three games to one. The pressure is on the, the team that's losing that series because if they lose the next game, then they're done. So, again, it's a very relative term, and, again, a lot of different ways you can look at it. But with this series here, once again, the Rangers, the upstart team, they've already made it farther than anybody thought that they would. And then you've got the Carolina Hurricanes, a team that a lot of 
people were picking to, you know, maybe win the Stanley Cup this year. And if not win the Stanley Cup, certainly be in the mix, certainly be one of the last couple of teams standing in the league. Canes have been on the verge of kind of breaking through these past couple of seasons, and they've been close. They haven't quite gotten there yet, but this is obviously a golden opportunity for them. If they win, they have home ice advantage against the Tampa Bay Lightning and a chance to go to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since they won it in whatever it was, 2006, 2007, or whatever season that that happened to be. But you look at this game, the Canes are supposed to be the team that can take care of business and finally get rid of these pesky Rangers, just get rid of them and, you know, advance their way into the Eastern Conference final here. And another reason I think that this Canes team is under tremendous pressure in this game here tonight is the aforementioned fact that they are, again, undefeated at home in the playoffs and winless on the road. If they lose this game here, then obviously, you know, they were up two to games to nothing in this series. They were up three games to two in this series. If they lose this game and they get eliminated and they conclude their playoffs without winning a single road game, that's going to stick to these players a little bit. I think that's really going to stick to this organization. People are going to be looking at that going forward. You can break out all the memes that, and I think this would be a little bit premature, but you could break out all the memes that, you know, the the Canes, they're the new Capitals or the, they're the new Lightning before those teams eventually won one and two Stanley Cups respectively. You look back at the Lightning, I mean, they were at rock bottom that season where, you know, they set that record for all those regular season wins and they got swept right out of the playoffs by the Blue Jackets. You go back even further than that, the Washington Capitals for years, that was a team that was a great regular season uh, team and couldn't get the job done in the playoffs. And obviously uh, both those teams eventually broke through. But if the Canes lose this tonight and they go through this, uh, you know, two rounds of the playoffs here without winning a row game and without being able to close out this Ranger team that a lot of people think are really playing over their heads right now, there's people that probably think, you know, I'm looking at you, Paul Bissonnette, but there's people that probably don't even think that the Rangers should be in this position where they're in. So yeah, I got to talk a little bit about the pressure that both teams are facing. And I got to acknowledge the fact that, yes, I think all the pressure is on the Canes. I'm hoping that this results in the Rangers, you know, playing loose, playing confident, and just having some fun like they did in game six. And if they do all those things, I think they end up uh, winning this series here tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes, finally dealing that team a road, or excuse me, a home loss in the playoffs. So we're going to get into a couple more tangible things, some big-time keys for the Rangers winning this game here tonight, because it's not going to be easy. I, I realize, you know, a lot of people are feeling good after game six, as well they should be. You know, I think the players should be confident. I think the fans, again, should be confident going into this game, even though it is on the road. Uh, but it, it's going to be a battle. You know, the Canes are not going to go down without a fight here. But I do think the Rangers uh, find a way to get it done. And we're going to talk about some of the keys to the Rangers getting it done and setting up an Eastern Conference final matchup against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. We're getting to all that good stuff in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers, of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while a person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, 
all the parts that your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and so we'll go ahead and get back to the hockey stuff in just a second here, but I did want to take uh, at least a minute or two to uh, just kind of acknowledge the fact that it is Memorial Day, and I just want to, um, you know, wish a happy Memorial Day to everybody listening to this. It's obviously a very uh, emotionally charged holiday where we honor the servicemen and servicewomen who have uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice in the line of duty for our country, and my heart certainly goes out to anybody who's ever lost, you know, a loved one, a family member, a friend, whatever it might be in the line of duty. The men and women who serve are just, to me, the salt of the earth, and they're people that are far braver, far more selfless than I will ever be. And, uh, you know, again, uh, my heart goes out to anybody that has ever lost anybody in the line of duty. Uh, as far as, you know, Game 7, always kind of a tough transition there, but I, I thought for sure it was obviously important to acknowledge Memorial Day and once again just kind of give our thanks to everybody once again that's selfless enough to serve and, of course, uh, nothing but love and respect to those that, once again, pay the ultimate sacrifice. But as far as, you know, getting back to this big hockey game here tonight between the Rangers and the Canes, uh, you know, a couple of keys to this game, a couple of them are going to be the same as Game 6. Uh, you know, going into Game 6, a couple of the things that I identified as being crucial for the Rangers getting a win. For starters, you got to score the first goal of this game. And yes, that's important in every hockey game. Always nice to be playing with a lead, but in a series between two teams that are as defensively responsible as both of these teams are in a series that's been as low scoring as this series has been, it's just even bigger. You know, you got to get on the board first. You got to play with the lead. You got to try to take the air out of that building a little bit. And you guys have seen, we've seen it on display pretty much throughout the entire regular season and also in this series as well. The Canes, when they have a lead, they are really, really tough to beat. They just kind of suffocate you defensively. They get even more aggressive on their forecheck, it seems. And in some ways, you know, that's kind of that old adage that sometimes the best defense is a good offense. You know, the Canes will get the puck deep in the Rangers zone. And, you know, it's just an absolute battle to even just get the puck out of your zone, much less create any offense. The Canes, it seems like when they have the lead, they're even more motivated and even stronger on the forecheck. And even in the rare occurrence where, you know, you get the puck out of your zone and you're getting into the offensive zone with uh, some momentum there, a lot of times they just kind of suffocate you and they don't give you anything. It's a team that's so strong on the boards and, again, just very much in its element whenever it's playing with a lead. It's not to say that the Rangers, you know, can't possibly win this game if they don't score first, but, man, that first goal is going to be huge because that place is either going to erupt with the Kane scoring uh, to open the game or they're going to be deflated just a little bit and have a little bit of that doubt creep in. Maybe they get a little bit quiet if the Rangers get that first goal. But again, you just don't want to be digging a hole against this Carolina Hurricanes team. You know, game five is a great example of that because the Rangers in that game, they were down two to one and it felt like four to one. They were down three to one and it felt like nine to one. You know, I'm exaggerating a little bit to make the point, but I think you guys get the idea. Very, very difficult team to come back against and uh, just going to be huge to get that first goal in this game. And speaking of ways to get this goal, get the puck at the net. This is again, something that kind of goes without saying in some ways, but it's something that the Rangers nevertheless forget to do. When the Rangers have been at their best in these playoffs and when they've been scoring the most goals is when they're shooting and shooting often. You know, the, you get a chance, you take advantage of it. We saw this in game six as well. All three of the first Ranger goals any of those players could have potentially looked to make an extra pass. You know, Mott could have tried to pass. Mika Zibanejad, the Rangers were on the power play. He could have looked for an extra pass. Filipito, it was a two-on-one, but he shot the puck instead of trying to force a pass to Capo Caco, who was covered 
All three of those Ranger goals, which knocked Antti Ranta out of the game, came as the result of the Rangers shooting rather than passing. And again, I understand these guys have a better idea of when they should shoot than I do, but the proof is in the pudding. The Rangers have been at their best, and they've done more offensively when they are getting the puck at the net. Let it fly. Antti Ranta is a really good goalie. Always liked him when he was on the Rangers. I think... Uh, it's probably pretty far-fetched to think that you're going to knock him out of the game two games in a row. So this is going to be a battle tonight, but I think you absolutely have to test him. Another idea that I have regarding this game as far as how the Rangers might be able to win, might be able to get a little bit of an edge here. It's a little bit out there, but you guys got to stick with me on this one, all right? So Mika Zibanejad, he's had a really strong series for the Rangers. He's scored goals in four consecutive games here. He's got five points overall in the series. But if you look at you know his game logs, Four of the five points that he has are in Madison Square Garden. Only one point in three road games against the Canes so far this season. Part of the reason for that, at least part of the reason, arguably a fairly big reason, is that the Canes, you know, when they have final change, when Rod Brindamore has the last change, he basically always goes with the Fost, Stahl, Niederreiter line against the Mika Zibanejad line. And that's obviously an outstanding uh, defensive trio that the Canes have there. We all know about Jesper Foss, but certainly the other two are strong defensive forwards as well. And that has really kind of stymied the Ranger top line at times in this series. Kreider and Vetrano more so than Mika Zibanejad. I mean, Mika's at least breaking through here and there. And I'm wondering if there could be at times in this game, and I don't want to see the Rangers do this too often, but is there a way you could just kind of sneak Mika Zibanejad onto the ice? You break him away from the first line just momentarily. You throw him out there with like Mott and Goodrow. You either do this uh, at the start of a play and force Rod Brindamore's hand. You know, if you put Mika Zibanejad on the ice with Mott and Goodrow, does Brindamore counter with the uh, stall line? You know, stall fast and neater rider. Or does he save that line to go up against the rest of the Ranger top line, which would be Kreider and Vetrano and whoever takes a shift with those two. It's an interesting situation, and it kind of, you know, puts Rod Brindamore back on his heels, makes him have to think a little bit more about how he wants to line up defensively, you know, with the Rangers doing a couple of different things here as well. And like I said, I don't want to do this for the entire game. You know, I don't, certainly don't want to see Mika Zibanejad on the fourth line. That would make no sense at all. But every now and then, just kind of sneak him out there, see if you can get him away from, once again, the stall line. And you might hear that and think like, oh, well, what's Mika Zibanejad supposed to do with, you know, Tyler Mott and Barclay Goodrow? Not that those guys can't possibly contribute offensively. We saw Mott score in the last game, and Goodrow actually this season had a new career high in points. So it's not like they're totally hopeless out there. But then again, what I would say to that is, well, what is Mika getting from Vetrano and Kreider right now? Both of those two players have had really quiet series for the Rangers. Vetrano had a two-point game in game four. Besides that, he's been held off the score sheet. And Chris Kreider, in six games in this series, has one goal and one assist. So, I mean, yeah, you're losing something if, if Mika's not out there with them. But Mika's just kind of a one-man wrecking crew right now. And again, just to kind of get him away from that stall line, which plays such suffocating defense, I think that could be a positive thing for the Rangers. Again, you don't do this the entire game. I don't want to see Mika out there. You know, he's on fire regardless of what his linemates are doing right now. But if you just want to get him away from those guys a little bit, you know, from time to time, you throw him out there with, you know, Mott and Goodrow, for example, uh, at least for a shift every once in a while. Don't go to the well too often here. I don't want to see that top line broken up in general. And yeah, Kreider and Vetrano have scuffled a little bit in this series. Hey, listen, it takes one big performance in Game 7 here from one or both of those guys, and nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care about anything that happened in the other six games. If Kreider and or Vetrano can step up big in this game and contribute to a Ranger win, those other six games are going to go right out the window, 
And both of those players will be once again universally loved by New York Reindeer fans. Definitely want to discuss a couple other keys to the New York Rangers winning this Game 7 here on the road, and we will get to that in just a second. All right, a couple other keys to the Rangers winning this game. If the Rangers have the lead in the third period, I want to see ice time for guys like Tyler Mott and Barclay Goodrow specifically, maybe a couple other guys as well. You could throw Andrew Kopp in there, although Kopp's going to play uh, a good amount of minutes no matter what. But I want to see ice time for Barclay Goodrow and Tyler Mott just skyrocket down the stretch. If the Rangers are trying to hang on to a 1 or 2 0 lead, uh, you know, in the third period, I want to see those guys on the ice. You know, I, I think uh, a line of Goudreau, Mott, and Cop, that could be a lot of fun. You know, arguably the three best Ranger defensive forwards that they have. I think you just want to get guys out there that you really trust in spots like this. You know, we talk about what Barclay Goodrow brings to the table. I've talked about in the past during the regular season how much I like the fact that he's always on the ice whenever the Rangers are trying to protect a one-goal lead late in games. I think you got to see that as well, and I get the feeling that we will see that. We've seen Tyler Mott kind of move up and down the lineup throughout the postseason, or at least when he's been healthy. He came back in game six against the Penguins, but uh, let these guys do what they do. Let them play to their strengths and make sure that Goudreau and Mott specifically, you know, they're both bottom six forwards. But if there's a situation where you're, it's getting late in this game and you're trying to, you know, again, hopefully hang on to a lead, then hopefully those guys are on the ice uh, for, for a good chunk of the final few minutes. Of course, you got to keep the pedal to the metal and keep trying to score as well. So I get that. But I just hope the Rangers, once again, will use these guys uh, in a way that, fits their skill set. And of course, Goudreau and Mott, arguably the two best defensive Ranger forwards that they have. So hopefully, if the Rangers are nursing a one-goal lead late, they can uh, get out there and have a say in how this game shakes out. Here's a fun one as far as, you know, keys to the Rangers winning this game. How about a really, really stupid mistake from Tony D'Angelo? And as I say that, you guys will probably agree with me, it's not really that far-fetched. This guy, in a lot of ways, is a ticking time bomb. We've seen him, uh, you know, kind of lose his cool multiple times during this series. After Game 3, he's barking with Gerard Gallant. You had the uh, confrontation between Reeves and D'Angelo in Game 4. We saw earlier in this series, Brad Marchand was scoring an empty net goal for the Bruins. Tony D'Angelo throws his stick at him. We saw in this last game, game six against the Rangers, you know, the Canes are going to get a power play down by three goals with about 10 minutes or so to go in the game. And D'Angelo can't help himself but shoot the puck at the Ranger net after the whistle had blown. So, and he's also, you know, forget about just him losing his cool. He's also had a couple of miscues in this series. One led to a goal in game one. You had Alexi Lafreniere baiting him into a bad pass, intercepting the pass, and then Lafreniere passing to Heedle uh, to score the goal and give the Rangers a one to nothing lead in that game. And D'Angelo's had a couple of instances like that where he just kind of passes to no one and the Rangers, you know, take possession of the puck. So uh, Tony D'Angelo doing something stupid, making some kind of a mistake, not too far-fetched. And I think uh, if that happened, I, Ranger fans would, would certainly enjoy that. We're going to enjoy this no matter what if the Rangers can get the win. But if Tony D'Angelo does something really, really dumb to hurt his team, I think that uh, Ranger fans would probably just enjoy it even more. Another key is that Igor Shesterkin needs to be Igor Shesterkin, and we have no reason to believe that he won't be. He's been Igor Shesterkin for this entire series. He's got a 9.49 save percentage in the first six games of this series. He's already shown that he knows what it takes to win games when it's all on the line and the Rangers are facing elimination. He's done it four times in this postseason, and he's the X factor for the Rangers. You know, he's got to go out there and out-duel anti-Ranta, despite the fact that, once again, this game is on the road. But there's a very good chance that Igor Shesterkin is going to have to be at the absolute best of his abilities for the Rangers to win this game, and we're probably going to need at least one or two 
true highlight reel saves, just jaw-dropping kind of plays, the kind of saves that we're so used to seeing this guy make, the kind of saves that he was making in Game 6, and that he's done really throughout the playoffs, maybe the games uh, games 3 and 4 against Pittsburgh notwithstanding. But Igor's been Igor, and he looks like he's born for moments like this. Uh, you know, again, Game 7 on the road against the Canes tonight. Have a good feeling about Igor Shesterkin showing up big for the Rangers in this one. Another key is the Artemi Panarin line stepping up and having a big night in this Game 7 here, and I think there's a chance that that could happen. They had a couple of strong shifts, I thought, early in the game against the Canes. You had a situation where on their first shift of the game, Stroh made a pass back to the blue line to Braun. Braun dished in deep for Andrew Kopp. Kopp kind of had his back to the net, turned, and ripped it. Shot was saved and, and turned aside by Antti Ranta, but a strong shift there uh, for the Panarin line. And then I think it was either their second or third time on the ice. Another really good shift. Uh, you know, Strom passed to Andrew Kopp. It went off his stick, but Kopp eventually tracked it down. Got it to Ryan Strom in front of the net. Strom was whacking away at it. A couple of chances from in deep. Strom is just due. Strom is due to score a goal. I hope that it's coming in this game. We thought that we had it in game five. Of course, that goal was rightfully overturned due to offside. But man, if the Panarin line can find its game and, uh, you know, just be the line that has been all season for this New York Ranger team, then the Rangers are certainly going to be in good shape when it's all said and done in this game here tonight. And one more key, and it's very similar to what I said, going into game six against the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Rangers had obviously just won game five to stave off elimination. They're going into Pittsburgh where, you know, they basically got wrecked the other two games in the series. Nothing short of the Rangers' absolute best, grittiest, gutsiest performance of the postseason is going to get the job done here tonight. I do think this is going to be a close, tight, competitive, probably low-scoring game, but the Rangers have to absolutely bring it. What they did in Game 5 is not going to be enough. You can't go into the third period with only 10 shots on goal in this game here tonight. And even Game 6, you know, the Rangers played well, but they gave up too many scoring opportunities. They were outshot by a wide margin in that game. Igor Shesterkin obviously had a phenomenal performance in Game 6. But the Rangers can't fall into that trap of being overly reliant on Igor Shesterkin and just constantly relying on him to basically save their bacon. He might do that anyway, but you can't go into the game expecting that. You know, you got to bring it. And again, I think the Rangers have to play better than they have this entire series if they're going to go in there and finally deal the Canes a loss in their home building. And that's pretty much it for today, guys. A little bit of a shorter episode, but I definitely want to get this posted, get it online, you know, obviously with a good amount of time to spare before the puck drops for the Rangers and Canes at 8 p.m. tonight. But I just wanted to mention, you know, what a fun ride this has been. I talked a little bit about this going into Game 6. I am not ready for this Rangers season to end. It's just been too much fun. It's just been too enjoyable. There have been too many highlights to even keep track of, certainly in the regular season, also in the postseason. And you, know, you look at where this Ranger team is right now, and yes, regardless of what happens in this game tonight and hopefully the rest of the playoffs, it certainly looks like this Ranger team is a team on the rise. They've got all the pieces in place. They did the rebuild the right way. They didn't do it halfway. They went all the way with it. They're starting to see the fruits of their labor as it pertains to the rebuild. And this team should have multiple opportunities to win a Stanley Cup in the seasons that follow this one. By that same token, you just never know. You never know for sure when opportunities like this one that the Rangers have tonight are going to come around again. And again, it looks like they are set up for long-term success, but you don't know when you're going to have a chance to do something special like this again. The Rangers, 
You know, you look at this team right now, they've got some really good players that are impending unrestricted free agents, and certainly not every single one of them is going to be back with the team next season. And so, yeah, you know, the Rangers should get some more chances, but that doesn't necessarily apply to every single player that's on this team right here, right now. Some of these guys are going to be on their way and playing elsewhere next season, and I'm just not ready for that. I just want this team to keep going. It's one of the most likable Ranger teams that I think has ever been assembled, and man, am I excited for this game tonight. Go Rangers. Let's get this win. Let's set a date with Tampa Bay, and uh, let's look forward to hopefully game one of the Eastern Conference Final in Madison Square Garden. It's going to be a gut check of a game here tonight, but I do have a good feeling about this one. The Rangers going in there and hopefully finally dealing the Canes a home loss. Uh, but that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to share your Artemi Panarin stories of where you were, what you were doing, who you were watching Game 7 with against the Pittsburgh Penguins, let me know. I've heard back from a ton of you guys. Really happy with uh, the turnout here. Some really funny stories, some really heartfelt stories. There was a hilarious story sent to me earlier today. Can't wait to share that one. Um, but yeah, let me know all about it. And in an off-season episode, I'm basically just going to sit here. It's going to be an easy episode for me. Trust me. It's probably going to be one of the easiest episodes of Lockdown New York Rangers that I'll ever have to put together. But basically, I'm just going to sit here and read your stories. Love hearing from Ranger fans. Love kind of, uh, you know, hearing about the experiences that you guys had when it came to what was an instant classic moment for this team. How you experienced it, how you reacted to it, whatever it might be. And if you want, just share your thoughts on the entire series, being down three games to one against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, uh, you know, did you think they were cooked? Did you think they could get back into it? Just let me know. Very, very happy to uh, read these stories on a future episode of Lockdown New York Rangers. Also got to remind you guys to subscribe to Lockdown New York Rangers on YouTube. All the full episodes will be available on YouTube as well as, you know, every other audio Audio platform that's out there, but there is some bonus content on YouTube that I don't think you guys are going to want to miss out on, so definitely subscribe there. Uh, but yes, that will pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to talk about what else, whatever happens in Game 7 between the Rangers and Canes. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. From first-round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts.